0: Hey everyone, and welcome to uh, this quote-unquote special episode of Talk the Ska. As always, I am your host, Matthew. And uh, that was a older track by the band Sergeant Scagnetti called 27 Cents of Just Another Trick. And the uh, reason playing that today, and this is a special episode, is this is our uh, interview episode with Steve. From Sky Nutty About their uh, reunion. And what they've been up to. And all that cool stuff. Uh, so. What I'm going to do. Is play one of their new songs. Which will be discussed. In said interview. Called Murder House. And uh, the interview will follow. So. Have a listen to that. This is our first interview. Uh, that we're posting. So. Feedback is welcome. But. I really enjoyed it. Some people who had advanced listens. So it was pretty enthralling stuff. And I'm not going to talk too much. Uh, there will be an abrupt end. But if you check it out, there will be a normal episode as well. About the upcoming and discussed Supernova Ska Festival uh, tomorrow as well. So double the episodes this week, folks. So without... Uh, Further ado, I guess, here is some more Sergeant Scagnetti and our interview. Hope you enjoy. Bye. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for
0: having me. Uh, this, is, this is exciting to me for one r- reason. Way back when, uh, before, I guess I should say you are from the band Sergeant Scagnetti. I am. Uh, from a band called Sergeant Scagnetti.
2: That's why we're talking,
0: right? Yeah. That is why we're, ta- is why we're talking. I guess there should be some type of, of preface to all this, but uh, <clears throat> way back when in the 90s, when I was a, a young child, a young teenager, I don't know, I uh, went online. I had no idea who you guys were, but I went to all those sure. old, old ska websites when it was the exciting new thing, and I sure. saw, I saw you, uh, I don't even think you had music clips or anything, but I was like, I don't know, I like this band. Probably not, probably not back then. I have, right? like, like, were you guys on any comps or anything? Because I was trying to remember, and looking through my old stuff, and couldn't, like, could, I... N- couldn't track us down? yeah
3: so
2: we were on uh we were on a couple different compilations we were on a a, an asbestos records compilation we were on an elevator music compilation but i think those were pretty heavy connecticut thing the only nationally uh distributed thing that i remember being us being on was a moon scott compilation of scarmageddon uh which which were
0: pretty popular back in the day so that that was that probably came out like 97 98 that was I don't imagine that, would, maybe it that was it. Might have been it, but I know I uh I had like an order form for probably detonate, I imagine, printed out. Oh. And I had a check and I never got a stamp. And it's it's in a briefcase that I saved for some reason I saved this order form for oh decades. Uh and I meant to find it to prove this story cuz it's insane, I think, but I love that you had you had the loot you had a check which is impressive i had a che- my grandma wrote me a check uh <laughs> i gave her check. money. but and you didn't have a stamp the stamp was the Stamps one were
2: uh,
0: 20, 20, yeah i think they were like 28 uh, maybe they were cheap yeah. uh and the fact i couldn't get one from somebody is just baffles me to this day
2: i love that story
0: man uh it's it's, re- it's real weird but uh well, if I had any detonate CDs, I would I would
2: mail you one, but I I don't I don't think they exist anymore. I think mean, I have one, you know. It's like mine. Show my grandkids someday.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you guys, you're back uh, as a band, more or less. We're, 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 we're back. Yeah, I mean, uh, we
2: uh, yeah. I'm not sure how we got here, honestly. I was thinking about that. I was like, I'm gonna talk to Matt tonight, and he's probably gonna ask like, you're back. How did that How did that come to be? I. I don't really know, man. We just, uh, you know, we, t- we took we took like fifteen years off, and I uh, just felt like the time maybe was right to start writing some songs again. It's cra- It's really funny too, because it seems like I, I saw this uh, all the stuff that happened last weekend out
3: in Southern California, right? The whole uh, yeah, Beach it's. Thing. And uh, I saw something today.
0: I think the Boston's and Fishbone are playing up in Massachusetts. Yeah, the the, the, <laughs> the Skankin' and festival. Cranking Festival. <laughs> yeah, Skankin' and Crankin'. And then, you know, we're, we are lucky enough to be on the,
2: the Supernova Fest uh, at the end of this month. And it's like, when we start, you know, when, when our bass player Richie came to my basement here that I'm sitting in, you know, maybe a year ago now, maybe maybe less than a year ago, and we were like, hey, let's try to write a couple new songs and see what happens. Like, no, like none of that was happening. Like, there was no indication that that was a thing that was happening. So it was, maybe our timing is pretty good, man. It seems like there's a little bit of a, uh, an interest in resurgence for some, for some of that stuff. So cool. it's kind it, of cool.
0: There's a huge resurgence, and it blows my mind. Like, Supernova last year... Was pretty cool, but I remember them having other festivals throughout the country that were always really small, like single day things that never yeah. took off. Um, there was a, a really popular one in the Midwest for a while called Scapleton. They went for a number okay. of years, and like they tried to do a Kickstarter, I think like five years ago to make it. It was an obscenely low amount of money. It was like five thousand dollars, and they the didn't hit go it. On, yeah, it it and different. they get, they got like seven hundred and. Like you said, with the, the Back to the Beach festival yesterday, there was like 30,000 people there. That was crazy. Uh, and just Supernova. When they did the announcements for this year's, specifically, I was just going through, I was like, okay, Pie Taster, Suicide Machines, cool, cool. Your guys' band was the one that made me go, holy shit. Oh, cool. uh, just... it, made us go, it made us go holy shit a little bit because I think
2: we were... Um... You know, one of the reasons that we we decided to sort of like try to get our stuff together was um, we would get asked occasionally to do like a good show. Like something would come through. I think it was like a couple of years ago. I think Real Big Fish and Les Than Jake were coming through. And um, our old friend, Matt Flood, was like, hey, man, like, you know, four weeks before the show was like, hey, do you want to be on it? And we're like, how? Like, how would we do that? Like, there's not enough time for us to go rehearse, find a trombone player do any of the stuff we would have to do so we didn't embarrass ourselves on that it would just be too hard i think we'd be smart enough because like every every year at least there'd be something there'd be like one thing where we're like ah oh, that would have been cool if we did that so we're like well, why don't we get our shit together so that in case something like that comes up and it was like yeah it was like two months after we started writing new songs we got we got the call for supernova and it was like oh man that's awesome and there was actually enough time this was in november or something i think when we found out about it and we're like you know at that time may seem like it was a hundred years away. So we're like, we got plenty of time to get our stuff together. We'll play a couple local shows. We'll warm up for it. And um, so it finally kind of worked out in that respect. But it's it's crazy, man. We're I'm not sure we belong on that show. Like I
0: I uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, it's exci- It's probably the largest show you guys played.
2: I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. Do you have any sense of how many people they like? supposed to be there. I think somebody told me it was like 2,000 people if they do it right, something like
0: that. I know last year's, there was probably between like 3 to 5, it seemed, but their lineup okay. wasn't as good and it was very yeah. like quickly announced and thrown together. I yeah, think they yeah. only had like 3 month lead-in for it and this, like yeah, this I'm lineup's good. crazy. It's uh, great, man. Like, and I'm so mad that I, I'm going to have to leave. I'm not
2: going to be able to hang out on Sunday because I'm old and boring, and I have kids <laughs> and i got to get back. But I'm gonna miss Mu Three Thirty on Sunday, which kills me because that is like my all-time all-time favorite band. Love those dudes so much.
0: I'm lucky enough that I live a day's drive, not even from Missouri. So, as sporadically as they've played the past decade, I've still been able to catch them. them Uh, And like they're they're ramping up a lot of dates too, so that's exciting to me. That's super exciting to me as well. Yeah. So. That's yeah, that's great news. Um, But yeah, so no, that'll be that'll be a great crowd. Um, You know, we played we played for some big crowds in the old days, right?
2: Um, We we, we played a show on the New Haven Green because we won. uh, We won best ska band uh, in Connecticut or New Haven County or something. And it was only because they disqualified Spring Hill Jack because they had they had signed to a, a national label. So they, 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 were, they weren't allowed to win. So we always came in second place. So then we got that We moved up to first. We got to play a really cool show on the New Haven Green. And I think there was like eight to 10,000 people there. So I think that's probably the biggest crowd we ever played. But that was, you know, most of the time we're playing, you know, in, in firehouses in New Jersey and teen centers in upstate Connecticut for, you know, 150, 200 kids. So, um, yeah, if we get 1,000-plus people out there in uh, Spotsylvania, Virginia, that'll be, that'll be a hell of a lot of fun
0: yeah for sure uh so you guys did record two new songs we did is is that it are you guys planning to do more is it undecided
2: yeah definitely yeah we we are sort of like um, we like those songs but if they've already sort of reached the thing where we're like ah oh, we could do better than that like that those were the first two yeah kind of had a
3: you kind of had to do them right it's like taking a poop you know, something else yeah <laughs>
2: Sometimes it's clean and beautiful, and other times you're like, yeah, that wasn't a great one. Um, we're happy with them. You know, I, I think one of the things was when we decided to do this. We're like, we have to write new stuff. As annoying as that might be to the to the some of the some of our you know fans to be like, hey, I just want to hear the stuff I know. I think generally people have been pretty psyched. Like, hey, man, I like the new stuff. Sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah, we're gearing up. We want to write more. I think we're just running into the reality of um, we've booked enough of shows where we kind of need to just keep rehearsing. Uh, we're trying to add more songs into the set, and so we haven't had as much time, I think, as we all would have liked to write some new stuff. Uh, but that's definitely in the works. We're we're brainstorming stuff. We're, we're we're demoing a few ideas. We're writing down ideas. We just we just need some time, which probably won't happen until uh, we get done with the supernova. I think we'll have a little more time to to, vote, to write some new ones. I think the thought was we'll probably try to write two or three at a time, go in and record them in chunks. I don't think we have the attention span to go record a full-length. I don't know that anyone has an appetite for that anymore. You're, you're a younger man than I. Do people care about full-lengths anymore?
0: Man? Um, I don't know. I, I do, but I think I'm I a, a minority yeah. there. Like, I still feel weird just downloading stuff yeah. and not having a physical thing to hold. Uh, it's something I've had to, to break.
2: Tr- we've been trying to figure out, like, what do the kids do now? Like, what do we do? Like, I literally, I think I asked on our Facebook page, like, what... Medium? Do you want us to produce music in? Like, does it like, like, does it matter if we have product anymore? And you know, and it was really 50, 50, A lot of folks like yourself and myself included are like, yeah, man, I'd, I'll still buy a CD if you guys have it. Um, but most people were like, you just get your stuff on Spotify. That's 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 how I'm going to consume it. You know, so we're we're trying to find that balance. So I think the thought is we'll do two or three at a time over the next couple of years, and hopefully, once we get to ten or twelve, maybe maybe we'll put them together. Um, you know, I'll press them up on vinyl or, or or at least CD or something, and do something a little more, a little more formal. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the appetite is for that kind of stuff. I don't want to have uh, you know eight hundred records in my basement for the rest of my life that, no- <laughs> that nobody wants to buy. You
0: know. For sure. Uh, I I remember that that post you mentioned because I instantly it was like vinyl, please. You were one of those uh, guys. I you
2: know, was. We, we want to do it. We just we just uh, you know it's it that you need a little more lead time to do that. We would, to, we would want to do it right. We'd want to make sure the artwork looked, you know, we'd want to put something out that was like good and meaningful. So I think we'll do that long-term. Uh, you know, if we, if we survive another couple of years together, um, well, uh, I think that that's the end game for sure. But I would say, you know, in the next six months or something, you should expect at least two new ones from us. And we hope to do that at least a couple times a year, you know, just to keep stuff fresh, especially for the, for the newer guys in the band, you know, they're kind of like, all right, you know, the old stuff's cool, we like those songs, but they're I think they're in it even more so than we'd be like, Yeah, let's let's be a modern band, let's write some new sh- let's write some new songs.
0: Uh speaking of your your band's makeup, how much of it is classic lineup versus new?
2: No so um so I am not the original singer. Um, but I think uh,
0: you know I, most of, most of the music we put out was with was me singing, so I'll, I'll deem myself classic. I'll, I'm the yeah, classic, no, for sure,
2: classic vocalist. Uh, Dave, our drummer, I think is the only drummer, so he's he's still uh, involved. Uh, he's he's somewhere worrying about all the things he worries about right now. Uh, Richie is definitely an OG bass player. He's in the band. Uh, Jesse, our guitar player, I think was originally in the band, but he wasn't in the band most of the time I was in the band. So when I joined the band, Jesse was in the band, we had two guitar players. Um and then Jesse left the band and but now Jesse's back. So he counts. He's
3: classic. Yeah. yeah
2: Jesse was in the band before I was. So that core of people, uh you know, rhythm section, guitar and myself are all kind of classic skag. And then the horn section as always as all That's, the scal bands. Yeah. Are, a little bit more rotating cast of characters right so um our trombone player justin um we knew him from from years back but he never he wasn't in the band until we did some reunion shows back in uh, 2010 and i don't even know how he how he ended up being being in those um but thankfully he was there and so he agreed to jump on board as a trombone player uh mike d our saxophone player was not in scagnetti back in the day but was in bands that we played with all the time and he was always on stage when we were playing anyway and we so we know mike from mike goes old school you know further back than i do probably with the band and then our other saxophone player slash keyboard player uh is carmella is actually dave's wife so she basically had to make a decision do i you know do i stay upstairs while these goons are in my basement all the time making noise or do i just join in on the phone um so Karm is the coolest addition to the band because she sings real pretty and she can play keyboards and she can play saxophone And I'm sure at some point we'll make her play some other stuff, too She's a music teacher she's super talented and she makes my mediocre singing sound really good with these single harmonies. So that's been that's been really fun to have her uh, have her in the band. And We were I was in some bands with her and Dave um, In the time that we weren't Sergeant guy doing some other stuff. So work well with those guys. So you know, four, four out of the seven guys are kind of OG, Scagnetti, and three are sort of higher guns, but they're, uh, we go a ways back with all those guys.
0: That's cool. I was going to ask about uh, Carmella, who I wasn't aware was a band member, just uh, about her, her harmony vocals on Murder House specifically. I think That's really, good, right? yeah, like p- pushes that song over the, the edge a little bit. Yep. Uh
1: that's what
2: we're looking for. So yeah, she's a she's a cool uh, she's a cool little weapon to have in, in the holster. Like I said, she didn't really have a choice, I man. She kind of just has to be in the band because what else <laughs> is she gonna
0: do? <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm sh- sure she has some options, but this is probably the right one.
2: I think it's a good option. It's a good option for us for sure. We're psyched, we're psyched to have her. But yeah, all, we've been having a lot of fun. Uh, it's all really good guys. I think that was the other thing when we got back together. We're like, look, like, man, we don't eat with this band, right? Um, it's not how we pay the bills. So if it's not fun, or if like we're getting in, you know, underneath each other's skin, then we should just stop immediately because what the hell? Why would we do that to ourselves? You know.
0: And so, so far, so good. <laughs> well, it's it's much appreciated. Uh, I say I was reading an interview today to try to prepare for this that you guys that you did uh, about your twenty ten reunions uh, and all of us like we're never doing this again it was a fun one-time thing but we never wrote anything down we had to listen to everything for months uh yeah. just to relearn it was that kind of the same experience or did you learn from that past mistake i guess i sure we learned
2: anything but i think so it was funny I, I remember that interview very well uh it was with the hartford current uh, <laughs> yes it was and <laughs> i I did that interview. I remember it because a lot of people have called me on it because they're like, "Dude, you said never again." That was where my headspace was at the time because we were. I think I literally did that interview in the parking lot of a sound and lighting rental place while we were trying to rent lights for the for the reunion shows. We were practice like the practicing was way harder and way longer and way more in depth than we thought it was going to be. I think we had some problems with one of the venues getting moved last minute. There was a lot of bullshit going on. A lot of this stuff that like, you know, makes music not fun was sort of happening. So there was a little, there's probably a little bit of regret at that time of like, why are we doing this to ourselves? This, this has instantly become not fun again. Um, it was just more work. So we learned, we learned, I think to better manage our time for that. Um, that was one of those scenarios where we, to the show dates before we had gotten together so it was like an imposed deadline so then all of a sudden it became this real like oh shit situation like we've got two months so we were practicing like four nights a week everybody has full-time jobs i had super little kids at the time like shit was like what are we we doing here um so that's kind of where my headspace was when i said that i believed it at the time i was like we're not doing this again this will be this will be fun uh, you know, we sold out a couple, a couple of small shows locally here. They were, they were really fun to play the shows. Everything else was not so fun. Um, but at the time I was like, we don't need to do this again, but that was eight years ago. Right?
0: Yeah. I was going to say like so, a <laughs> lot of time has passed. I don't remember what I was doing I was eight, sorry, years you know,
2: <laughs> eight years ago. Yeah. So this time I think what we did what was smart. Was like, Let's just get together. Let's start playing songs together, writing songs. And then the shows will come. We, we, we hoped. And they did, but and the timing just worked out a lot better. Where we're not, we're not killing ourselves to make anything happen now. Um, so I think that's 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 the difference.
0: It seems like you have a pretty but, steady stream of shows, with some.
2: Yeah, it's always a balance, right? We're we're. Uh, I don't want we don't want to overstay our welcome, you know. And certainly in Connecticut, where you know that's where of our fan base is. But you know, in the old days, we did pretty well from like Boston down to DC. So. Um, it's been really interesting man we're calling we're calling venues like i you know i put together like a little email you know here's who we are probably similar to you know what i sent you when i sent the songs right like maybe you know us you probably don't this is our story and it's been amazing especially in like new jersey pennsylvania we're running into kids who used to come see us but now how they own the club or they they're the booking manager and so there's been so many cases where i I send my spiel and they're like yeah dude i know you like when do you guys want to come play you know (laughs) i always like that but there's definitely been some cases where it's like oh this is way easier than i thought it was going to be like we don't really have to sell ourselves to people like there's enough people who remember what the hell we are and they're kind of psyched to have us so yeah we're trying to do like you know one or two shows a month just to keep it keep it fresh we don't want to overdo it we definitely have some you know, travel restrictions with people's jobs and stuff. Carmel is a school teacher, so weeknight shows are kind of tough out of state. Um, our guitar player works in television, so you know sweeps and snowstorms and things like that. He gets dragged in because he because he works in news. So um, I got to kind of juggle all that stuff. But yeah, man, we we're, we're we're branched out there pretty good. We're gonna we're gonna hit Virginia, Vermont, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, a couple Connecticut shows. Got some other stuff on deck, but yeah.
0: We're getting out there, man. Doing it. That's awesome. Uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm just captivated. Sorry, man. Uh, No, no, no. It's fine. Um... Shit. (laughs) Well, I guess one thing, like, uh, something at least I found interesting, because I've never even been to, like, the New England area in my life. And it always seemed to have this really good Like almost Well it it was an underground scene But like all these just smattering Of these great punk bands back in the day And like obviously like Boss Tones and Spring Hill Jack And Big D are like the ones That made it but uh, I remember you guys really well Uh, I remember Skarmy of Darkness Mostly because they're ridiculous name Uh, (laughs) But they're like they've just been posting a ton of stuff on social media lately. I don't think they're doing any yeah, shows, they're, they're, but like they took,
2: they took so many more pictures when they toured than we did. They're, uh, they're digging up. I, I follow those guys on Instagram, and I'm like, damn, we gotta
0: like every they day gotta do another show, man. It's something, and like I feel like that's what it's building to. But they're just being super coy about it. But
2: they gotta be up. They're up to
0: something. It's man. like, they're up to something. why go to those levels? This is me calling yeah. them out right now. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> there you go. Let them know. Oh, them we want to do a show. We want to do a show on the Connecticut Massachusetts border with those guys. Let's do it. Scarmy Darkness, Stargus Gagnetic. Let's yeah.
0: make it happen. One of the uh <laughs> I'll play him on this episode so they have to notice it and listen to this. Uh but uh this is really stupid and I felt embarrassed about it, but for twenty something years I've been like their name. Your guys' name is a reference to something, and I can't place it in my mind. It's like, I'm just going to ask Steve when I talk to him. There I, you go,
2: man. I'll tell you. So uh, my,
0: my understanding,
2: so it's definitely a, a Quentin Tarantino uh, film reference. So Sergeant Scagnetti, I think, appears in a couple of his movies, definitely in Reservoir Dogs, and I think also in um, – oh, man – Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, so it shows up in both those films, and basically Scagnetti is always, I think he's a crooked parole officer or a crooked detective. He's like a scumbag.
3: Um,
2: and so that's where it came from. I, I think don't know who came up with it. I think, I think Richie did, which would make sense. He's like a movie guy and probably was a big Tarantino fan back then. It's one of those things that's like, we get called Sergeant Scagnetti, S-K-A, um, on so many bills and that used to drive Richie nuts because it was like that. I g I don't I guess that wasn't his intention to, to make it a ska thing. Like you mentioned, like, you know, Skarmia Darkness is one of those bands that really, you know, made ska part of the thing. And so I know that's uh, that's one of those things that uh, Richie definitely gets all fired up about all the time. It's like, dude, that's the name of the band, man. You named it. You were probably seventeen <laughs> years old, man. So deal with it. Sorry. You know, but yeah, it's definitely a Quentin Tarantino film film reference. I'm sure they thought it was really cool at the time, like every band does when they well, name themselves.
0: Right. And, is it still fitting to you guys? No regrets. It doesn't, it doesn't just, bother me, man. It, you know, it's just what it is, and
2: like uh, you know, I still love those movies. You know, like Reservoir Dogs is a, is a great movie. I think Tarantino likes to kind of exist on the edge of uh, you know, maybe a little uh, subject matter of. You know, a little, a little out there or a little non, non uh, traditional. And I think when we write songs, we try to, yeah, you know, try to do that same thing. Just topic wise, try to, try to not sing uh, what everybody else is singing about. Um, so yeah, I think it fits okay. It doesn't bother me. You'll notice we are using Sergeant Skag in a lot of, uh, yeah, some of the promotions, some of the artwork, and so we we did that back in the day too. We used to shorten it, but that's definitely a, a, a little bit of a. Calculated effort to sort of say, "Hey, look, this is Sergeant SkagNetty at its core, but it's almost like SkagNetty 2.0, right? Because there's some new people involved, and we're old uh, and wise. And so Sergeant Skag is born from Sergeant SkagNetty, and it is Sergeant SkagNetty, but it's also its own sort of little thing that's maybe a little bit different. So that's that's where we're getting Sergeant Skag from. To me, honestly, it drives me
0: nuts because it's just freaking confusing, and I, I worry it confuses people, but." Well, I think like most people are either going to be fans from years ago and know it's you. Uh, oh, okay. like For me, I was like, cool, that's a good shorthand way. Lies your seat. Or, you know, hopefully, they're newer fans where they're none the wiser and they just assume that's who you guys are. And if they want to dig into it and figure out the full name, cool, all the power to them.
2: I appreciate the support on that. Uh, that. I, think, I, so. I hope that's how it works out.
0: Well, the only thing that kind of miffed me, and I think it was for the better, and this is just me being a nostalgic, just dummy, is when you updated your cover art to both the albums. It's like, man, that's really good cover art. Uh, both both of them were a little plain back in the day. Uh, they were. And just the artwork, and even all your flyers and stuff... Um, who who yeah, is your all, artist? Those
2: are all drawn by our, our bass player Richie. He does uh, he does really cool shit. So
0: yeah, like they're take all very eye catching. Uh, so so honestly, with the with the, the new cover
2: art, we had to do that because we didn't have we didn't have the files anymore of the original artwork. Like I'm a pretty lazy guy. Like if we can get away with like good enough, like it would have been fine to just get the original cover art up on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. Especially because we sold enough of them that it's recognizable still like you said you know design and times have changed where you probably look at those artwork now and you're like yeah that's probably not that great um but the covers were what they were uh we just couldn't find we couldn't find them in a digital format that would that spotify and itunes and uh amazon would accept in terms of quality and so we're like we would have had to redo them anyway somehow like replicate them somehow so we're like
0: well why don't we just you just draw something. This <laughs> so is him throwing stuff Those together.
2: System. Yeah, just whip something up, man. You yeah, draw a monster, draw draw a girl. That's usually where he goes: girls and monsters.
0: Those artists, and their talent,
1: amazing.
0: It blows my mind. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, what are some of just the influences to the band, either present day or even way back when?
2: so it's interesting so I, I uh, influences the band when I talk about like our you know our older guitar player uh, Dan who got me into the band Rich and Dave kind of being the core of the band there's definitely uh, heavy the influences at the time I joined the band were bands like Luminis and MU 330 Mephiscopheles for sure um, you know heavier heavier bands kind of on the
3: fringes of, of, of ska, ska punk. Uh, Mr. Bungle, for sure, uh, was, was a huge influence for
2: those guys. And I say that for those guys just because um, I wasn't hip to that stuff. Like, I was kind of like a hip-hop kid. Uh,
3: I, I really loved, like, you know, going back to at the time the band was out, right, so, like, think about,
2: like, De La Soul and a Tribe Called Quest and stuff like that. Like, the sort of stuff was, like, what I was mostly into um, and I used to go to Skagnetti shows, um, cause they were guys I went to high school with and I thought it was really cool. They were in a band. And so like, um, I didn't know like any of that music at all. Um, and I got educated when I joined the band cause they were like, Hey, listen to this, listen to this, or we would end up playing with them. Right. Like the first show I played with these guys, we played with the pie tasters in Providence, Rhode Island. I didn't know the pie tasters were. Uh, the second show we played was out in Pennsylvania with the blue meanies. I didn't. I had never heard the Blue Meanies before, you know. So it was a, it was a little trial by fire education. But those, those bands I mentioned are the, I think the core of our our influences. And then now I don't know, man. I don't know like what what we're what we're influenced by. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't think we know yet, right? Because we're we're just starting to try to write some new stuff. So definitely varied interests. Our, our bass player Richie is into like. I don't even know like what he likes. Like, I don't know. He was, he's always talking about these bands and I'm like, I don't even know what they are. He's like out there and really, he makes some really heavy stuff. Some really like dark, heavy music. I still kind of like hip hop a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't, I think everybody listens to different stuff. So, mm-hmm. MU330 was the only band that we would play with regularly that I actually really liked. If that means anything. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe that's a uh, politically incorrect thing to say. But I mean, I love a lot of the bands we played with live, but like to actually listen to them, like in the car. Mu330 was one of the few ones where I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll listen to that all day. Like, there's something about that songwriting that I that I definitely uh, appreciate. And there was there was a time where I I, I remember being a little frustrated because I felt like I wanted us to sound more like them. I wanted us to be. I want us to write more simple, catchier stuff. Like, I remember having that, like, conundrum in my head. That's... We should sound sound more like those guys. Like Those guys sound great. Like, why aren't we writing songs like that?
3: (laughs) You know?
0: That's one of the interesting things about MU330. Like They're one of my favorite bands of all time as well. Uh, But all their songs are pretty simple for the most part at the core, but it's just something the way dan writes music is just amazing even like i don't know if it's easy to write complicated songs it's easy to write a complicated song it
2: it is it's harder than a simple song that is so simple the third time you hear it you're like all right i don't like i don't need to hear the song anymore because i got it (laughs) you know i get it there's something there
3: that's like that's something i still want
2: us to get better at. Like that's still
0: something that we need to like work on. It sounded more like MU three thirty. That's the ultimate goal of the band to be MU three thirty. Yeah. Not be, but it's not a bad thing to be. Uh but I was gonna say, I don't know if you've heard no, no, like, uh, uh like Dan's new band, uh Dan Pot and the Bricks. Yeah. Right. I haven't really like
2: gotten. I I know they exist, um, and I um, it's definitely on my list
0: of things to do. Like, is it is it in the vein of uh, Mu Three Thirty? Is it? It's a little bit more complex because it's basically Dan uh, with slow 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 gurking guys. guys. Yeah, all of them except for uh, Rich. Okay. Basically, so but it's I don't know. You just have to listen to it. It's.
2: I'll definitely check it out. because Slow Gerker was good. They, I like those guys a lot, too. I remember uh, thinking those guys. Again, I was jealous of those guys because they had keyboards in the band. I was like, why don't we have keyboards in the band, man? Why wouldn't you have keyboards in your band? We could get a keyboard player, you
0: know? Now you do. You can <laughs> now we do. You can achieve took, all those old all dreams. All my
2: dreams are coming true. It only took us 20 years to
0: figure it out. You <laughs> <laughs> went off into the wilderness, reflected on it.
2: You know, you gotta go find yourself, and you come back, and it's the same answer: write simple songs and get a keyboard player.
0: <laughs> we got one of the two. Uh, I yeah, do want to on, on, this on the simple, yeah. You can't yeah. be too simple because then they're just dull. It's just the right level of simplicity. Right level. Um, we'll still try to find it. So I was listening to just you guys in general today, driving home from work, to try to. Getting the mindset for this. And uh, I've, I've. Murder House, as I said, I think is the best song you guys have done in your career. That's uh, awesome, man. And, Thanks for that. And listening to That's it. That's
2: a simple
0: song. That's a simple it song. It is a pretty simple but like, it's got the harmonies that aren't yeah. really present in your other stuff. I think that yeah. might be what does it. Uh, honestly. And for some reason, uh, all the times I've listened to it, I never, my brain never registered the, the line about the solar lights, which is baffling to me, because <laughs> it's one of the last lines spoken, or sung in the song, and I just, like, yeah. is, is there an actual murder house, uh, there is. with fantastic solar lights, and what's so great about these solar lights?
2: So I don't think the solar lights are that great, um... <laughs> But yeah, there's a murder house, man. It's in uh it's in Derby, Connecticut. Uh and so it's it's right near the highway, so I drive by it quite a bit. And uh it's just uh, it was a house that unfortunately like uh, I forget exactly who, but I think there's like three or four people murdered there like in the early 80s. So I was like a real little kid, but it was a big news story around where we lived. And um yeah, just like the song says in the line like me and my wife drive by and say murder house cuz like we would just You know you're driving in the car and like sometimes you just there's no one saying anything and like almost every time we would drive by it one of us would just be like murder house because it amazed us that like that happened there and then now somebody else just lives there like and they and like maybe a lot of people who didn't live around this area even realize that that's that's murder house like you can't live in murder house man that's crazy and so yeah the solar light line it was funny people like that line it's just that's that's sort of like my suburban bliss, right like you know you're out mowing your lawn and then you look over and your neighbor has got some new solar lights and you're you know you're like hey man did you get those solar lights like, kind of want those solar lights
0: you know those, those, those are really nice you know i didn't see those the last time i was at home depot <laughs> <laughs> i just yeah i don't know oh,
2: yeah, her house is real and and, and uh, you know good luck to whoever Whoever lives in that house. They do have solar lights. They're the they're the kind that uh That
0: you put on like the post of your back deck, you know, like they uh, okay. Yeah, the, the deck posts Those are fancy man. Like these aren't just like run-of-the-mill, you know solar lights. You're plugging in the ground These things are like built in So they are, they're pretty nice actually The more I think about it <laughs> They are nice Oh, man. Um. <clears throat> that's a fantastic story. Uh, where I live, the house that was used for the uh, Amityville horror movies... Yeah. It's just, you know, the exterior of that house, that exists in the town I grew up in. And it's the same thing. It's one of those things people always talk about just driving by. and like, that's Amityville house. Uh, especially people who aren't from the area get excited... Uh, yeah. And I get, like, it's not, though. It's just from the movie. And it's really weird to explain. And, like, the people who live there absolutely hate it. They built a giant fence around their house. They painted it this obnoxious, like, mauve color. They have no nice solar lights. Uh, but... They gotta get on that. <laughs> like... I think... So did they... Did... When they bought
3: the house, did they know it was the house used in the movie? Or was it used in the movie after...
0: Like, they bought the, it. I believe, the, like, the family that owns it, like, they is the same family from when the movie came out. Okay. Uh, It's, just been, right, so they, it's been passed they, down. They so, like, agree they agree to it. it yeah. They agree. Uh, like, they, they know agree what it is, agree. but, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I assume, at least, they'll change it enough to where people won't recognize sure. it. And it was just the house. Uh. I, the reason the murder
2: house, I think, was funny to me is, I don't think that many people care or even know it was such a long time ago um i just think it's one of those things that like my, my wife and i both grew up in this area so like i think we remember it because we were little and like you and our parents probably let us watch
3: the news about murder when they you know because nobody cared what you did back in yeah. the early 80s and we didn't like protect our kids from things like that
2: and so like i think it's like some site weird deep psychological damage thing for us like we're scarred a little bit by it but I, I'll bet 85% of the people that live in the town don't even care or acknowledge that. So that's why I thought it was funny to write a song about it. Because it was like, don't you people realize? Like, how can. How, I I don't even like to look at it, really. You know? Because I'm like, ah. Murderhouse.
0: Yeah, I, uh. Like I said, that Amityville thing is the closest thing around here that I can think of. We have a lake people drowned in, but it's. Like you said, even to us, like it's a lake. Of course, people, dumb kids. Uh, it's mean to say, <laughs> support kids drowning. But well, man, you know, maybe they were smart kids. But they could have been smart. I mean,
2: they might have. done really well in school.
0: Yeah, just not good with Never the swimming. Not, not very uh, buoyant. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. But that um, yeah. might be a song there too, man.
0: The. <laughs> nah. Yeah, you, apparently, if you want to write two songs every couple months, get cracking. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, we, got, we, got, we, got some, we got some rough drafts.
0: So is there, like, a core songwriter in the group? Or is it split up pretty evenly? What's
2: that? You
0: were... Co- oh. What's that? I, I missed that question, sorry. Okay, no worries. Uh, do you guys have, a, like, a core songwriter? Or is it kind of spread out with everybody?
2: So I, I probably write the vast majority of the lyrics. We definitely have some songs that Richie, our bass player, uh, has contributed um, like a chorus to. We're pro- probably the two guys, I think, that have written the, all the lyrics. I don't think anybody else ever has. Um, it'll be interesting with Carmela in the band because I've written tons of songs with her for, for other projects and stuff, so it'll be cool to have her... Uh, to bounce ideas off of. She's really good with, like, harp, um, melodies and stuff. So I can write, like, some funky words, and then she'll find a way to make it work in the thing. But yeah, I, I write the majority of the words, for sure. I think my our saxophone player, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an idea man as well. So he wasn't in the band back in the day, but I, I, I could see him uh, contributing or helping us in, help influence uh, influence the, the songs. But I have no musical talent whatsoever, so I don't write the music at all. The music is all going to be written by. Um, back in the day, it was mostly written by the, the core of the song, like the initial song, would be written by Danny Articolo. Uh, uh, and now I think Richie wrote the basis of the, the two new songs, and that's why I think everybody else is chomping at the bit, like let's write some new ones, because now that we actually have a like a core of a band, a functional band, like I think everybody wants to you know kind of put their two cents in.
0: That's the other uh, thing with the, the the two new songs. They're definitely more rock edged, I'd say, yeah. than the ska. Is that a conscious decision or did it just happen? Were there uh, no? Any... That's
1: just
2: well. I think like I, like I said, Richie wrote the core then. Richie's a guy who likes. If it was up to Richie. I think we'd be like a like a death metal band, right? So there's always like a little bit of him that wants to you know kind of write these minor chord sort of riff based. Things that's the like kind of where his brain is at, and then we need to sort of like, then I need to put some like, you know, hey, I'd like us to sound a little more like uh, something that Dan P wrote uh, to, to ease it, and then it'll be interesting. So Jesse, our guitar player, who kind of he kind of joined back in, he was in the band when we were really a ska band, pretty straight ahead, um, and then wasn't in the band when we when we moved in a little bit more of a rock direction. So he's gonna he's gonna bring some ska back into it. Over time for sure because that's that's his uh you know that's his sort of first love um so i don't know man it's gonna be interesting to see what happens um but it's definitely not conscious i mean there's no like we're not like oh we're not a ska band anymore you know that just sort of happened over time um so we'll see i think we're gonna have to you know write a ska song every now and again
0: yeah i mean you're at the the Supernova Ska Festival. Uh playing the
2: Supernova <laughs> it's Ska a... Festival. You know? Um yeah, there's, there's 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 always gonna be some some element uh of ska that, that lives in there a little bit. But you're right, yeah, Murder House is pretty straight ahead rock song and
0: and uh, Funai. It's got a little jangly guitar a, thing to it, but it's not uh, it's not ska.
2: I'm not sure what that is. I don't know what you call that, but it's
0: it sounded to me like a early new wave song that went awry somewhere, but in a good way. That's exactly
2: how I would describe Uh,
0: it. (laughs) But you're right. It does have a little bit of that, uh, jingle feel early on.
2: Yeah. It was fun. We, we, we've only played it. I think we've only played two shows where we played it, but that was one of the ones that people were really like dancing to. Like people were moving to that when we played it. We didn't expect that. Um, That was cool. You know, anytime people dance around to your stuff is fun. Um, But that got like a better reaction live, I think, than than we thought it would. I think we thought Motor House was like, that's our new, that's the new hit single. Um, And I think and I came over live a little bit better. So, who the hell knows,
0: man? Nobody knows. I mean, just from going to shows, because I've noticed that where there's songs I love the recorded version of, but then live, it's just, some random song that i i never skip songs so i'm a crazy person but you're like oh it's this one i don't need to pay attention and it just something about it live hits you and yeah yeah who so. knows man uh i know richie one of our last practices
3: uh made a, a sort of
2: declaration that i really liked where he was like man he's like he's like when we write songs we think about how they're going to translate live, and we think about how they're going to translate live in a club, because we usually play, you know, small rock clubs. And he's like, we need to write songs like we're playing in fucking arenas, man. We need to write songs like we're going to play in arenas. <laughs>
3: so maybe that, maybe that's a glimpse into the future. <laughs> we're going to write songs like we're play in fucking arenas, because that's where it's so.
0: You're going to become like a glam rock band, so <laughs> you know, effortlessly. Man. Let's do it you know we'll see but yeah there's not really i know that's like it's super
3: douchey artist thing to say like no there's nothing conscious about how we write our songs there really isn't i don't know we're making shit up as we go along we'll see what the
2: new stuff sounds like i have no idea i write down like song ideas just for topics and stuff and then i wait for those guys to spit something out that like oh yeah that, that'll work there we're going we want to write a song about like a a door-to-door firework salesman because I kind of I ran into one of those guys uh, last Fourth of July, oh, wait. And, uh, and so like, there's no question we have to write that song because there's a lot there. But if those guys have to serve up something to me that makes me go, yeah, I, I can put these words that idea to that that song.
0: But, I just have to say, the idea of a door to door firework salesman, is... the guys out there, man. Just...
2: The guys out there, he interrupted my kids. Uh, 4th of July, like, we had, like, cheese baking, I don't know, what state do you live
0: in? Illinois.
2: Illinois? Do you, can you guys have, like, legit fireworks? No
0: way. Uh, we can't sell them in Illinois, but I'm right on the Wisconsin border, and it is nothing but, like, firework shops. Like, legit uh, ones legit, that go up in the air and, yeah. and shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, we, in Connecticut, Connecticut's, you know, we we can only have, like,
2: sparklers and, like, little ones that... You know kind of do their thing i think you can go to new hampshire and get ones that go go legit and so um i had just like the cheesy ones that you just buy like it you know you can buy them in the supermarket like right here kids they're little so like we were setting them off in the driveway and we had two like ones but the bigger ones we thought were really cool that was like our grand finale my kids are little so they're like yay this is super cool and then literally man out of like through the smoke comes this guy <laughs> This fucking dude got out of the back of, like, a broken-down Honda Civic, and he was literally holding two nuclear missiles in his hand. And he was just, like, challenging me. He's like, I see you're setting off fireworks. And he literally walked over. He's holding these missiles, and he walked over the fireworks that, like, I thought were a pretty impressive grand finale display for a, for a, you know, a seven-year-old kid that was watching him. And he just didn't even acknowledge that those things were firing, man. He walked over him, and he was like basically, he was like this is pussy shit, you suck and this is what you need in your life. You need one of these missiles. And I was just like I don't, man. Like I, I'm not going to light one of those things off. Like that thing is insane. Like it was a missile the size of a human being. <laughs> and I was like I'm good, man. Like we're just doing the little kid firework show here in the driveway. And he was like he was trying to sell them to me and like challenging my manhood. And uh, finally I got him out of there and he was just like, then he came back and he was like, let's just light one off anyway. Like he, he, he really wanted to, I think he was going to give me one for free or something. <laughs> and then he just got in his car and drove away, man.
0: It's amazing. Door-to-door fireworks, salesman. I mean, that's the day to do it. Uh, I think the only thing that would make that story better is if in the distance... Like, 20 minutes later, there was a giant explosion. And was like, yeah. There were funny explosions. I mean, you know, enough, of like, enough of my neighbors had legit ones.
2: But there's no way they had anything like what this guy was selling. Man, This was, like, <laughs> the stuff they do, like, on the river in New York City, man. Like, this was insane. It's like, dude, I'm a, I'm a, I don't even like that you're holding those things in my, near my house. It's like. And then he walked through, like. Right, yeah, let alone. <laughs> like, honest, didn't even acknowledge it. So, I, that guy's my hero. I love that guy. There's a lot going on with that guy. I gotta explore his, his backstory
0: <laughs> of song at some point. So for sure that's that's on the list. That'll be that'll
2: be one of the next couple songs. Well I look
0: forward to that one. Uh, be fun. Uh, yeah, I guess uh just real quick, what what would be your pitch of your band just to a, a new listener?
2: pitch of our band. So I you know, I think our our whole thing is live, man. You got to come you got to come see us live. Uh we put a lot of energy and and time and effort into
3: making sure that our show is good, right? Like everything from like what song are
2: we opening with, what song are we closing with, what songs go into which songs. All that matters incredibly to us. And uh that part of what we do is super calculated, right? Like um whether we're playing a teen center or whether we're playing
3: the smallest club we've played plenty of shows for, you know, five fucking people. And
2: we played some shows for 500 people and I don't play it any differently. I actually like the adversity of like a shitty crowd or an indifferent crowd actually is like the most fun part for me. It's easy to play a show for 400 people who are like psyched for you. It's way more fun for me to play a show one either like maybe like we're playing to a traditional scott crowd and they're all they're not going to give us one second of respect because they just we're not playing what they want to hear i love that shit i love that shit because i i won't convert most of those dudes but i'm gonna try i am gonna try like hell um so man if you can come see us that's the pitch find a way to come see us we are we're pretty good at that part of it right like good at recording songs, writing songs. We're real good at at playing live shows. We're still pretty good. So
0: you should come check us out. That's my pitch. I'm still hoping to make it out to Supernova. Uh, It's up in the air. My car kind of exploded. My car... uh, I need a stamp. I need 28 cents. Uh, (laughs) Now I had some family stuff go on last week. I already go to Nashville and my car decided to have everything break on it this past week, so I want to see how that sorts cool. out, and uh, then real just do hard, it. Man. Like it's, it's real hard. It, uh, being adult sucks uh, sometimes. <laughs> just, it does.
2: There's uh, a lot of parts that really suck, no question
0: yeah, about but, it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it you know affords us to do a lot of cool stuff too. So it's a balance.
2: It's a it's just, balance. Yeah. Well, I hope you can make it out there, man. Uh, you know, you're super psyched about the show. We gotta find
0: a way, man. Uh, yeah, I've I've had plenty of people just offer. To okay, drive me, you. so. Okay. Uh, so there's no excuse there? Uh, yeah. It's just finding a place uh, to stay, I guess, for the weekend. Plus, I usually work Sundays at my job, uh, so that's the other tricky. Stuff, other oh, tricky yeah. side. I, so I, I, it's, yeah, I, 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 a, lot of, a lot of things just kind of all happened at once that weren't anyway in the way even like two weeks ago, so. Yeah, but
2: well, I don't know, man. I don't know how. I don't know when we're gonna make it out to Illinois. We'll see. That's far. Uh, no,
0: yeah, it's real far, especially.
2: It's far for us. With uh, you know, the, for these days, that's far. But we never know, man. You never know, because
0: everything's everything's resurgent, man. You never know. The, maybe uh, that
2: Scappleton thing will work out
0: again. Uh, and uh, put
2: put in a good word for us, and that uh, with the Wisconsin people, get us out there. Oh,
0: absolutely. Uh, I would love that. I'm hoping, like Chicago. Has such a good scene. Chicago's
2: always a possibility, right?
0: Ah, uh, and like, it's it, something. it's crazy with how all these, like, just like you said, the resurgence is nuts to me. Just bands are everywhere all of a sudden, and it seems like it's the past two years or so. So.
2: What do you think that is, man? Why is that? Is it is it that folks our age are now like we do? A lot of people do have some maybe a little more time. Maybe they've got like a better job than they had ten years ago, so they got a little more expendable cash. Is it just nostalgia? Like, what is
0: it? I think a part of it is nostalgia based. Certainly, like you look at the Back to the Beach thing—that was a hundred percent nostalgia. Uh, I, yeah,
2: just—that's—that's just, that's, that's just remember when I was fifteen and life was a little bit easier, and I didn't have work on Sunday. What my life was like, right? Right.
0: Like, I don't think there was a really newer up and coming band on that bill at all. It was just. You're right. All 90s bands. Which. I mean, that's yeah, you're right. fine, but like. So, it, like, stuff like Supernova is going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, this thing with Boss yeah, Supernova's
2: Supernova not super retro, right? It's like those, most of those bands are like.
0: It's pretty like 50 50, I'd so say. Uh, but none, yeah. none of them are really coming back together specifically Stubborn All-Stars being the one exception yeah. everybody else has kind of been going pretty strong for at least yeah. the last couple of years but I don't know because that's the thing too there are a ton of new younger bands out there which is exciting that this has come back alive but uh, and even going to shows and seeing it be younger kids they still aren't the majority of the audience Uh, even when seeing like older bands but they're there and I mean it's really cool that they're discovering this music and bringing it back but maybe it's just how ska is it does have its waves and it's just yeah. what it was meant to be so
2: yeah I guess I guess every 15-20 years it, it kind of cycles through um and maybe that's that's all this is right but it's a combination of a little a little more nostalgia than last time and I think enough stuff was documented like the internet existed just enough back You know in the 90s where there is some digital record of this stuff and um so it's a little easier to be nostalgic because i can google and still find some newspaper articles and things on us and remember like oh yeah we did play that show like here's here it is like here's a listing for it in some weird thing that somebody uploaded and so maybe that you know maybe that didn't exist in the 70s or the 80s so that's that's a piece of it too
0: So, but yeah, I don't know. It's really cool. I think it's really exciting. Uh, It's not just the U.S. either. Like, I mean, on this show, I like to look at it on a global scale. And uh, I made a list because I'm a crazy person. And, like, I've played songs from bands in, I want to say, like, 83 countries around the world. Which is nuts to me. Uh, And they're everywhere. And some of them have huge followings in their native country, uh like Indonesia has a huge ska scene, which I never would have thought about even like three years ago uh, yeah. and you know obviously like japan it's huge uh it's just it's everywhere, and I don't know if it was always there, and just people weren't looking or what, but it's pretty yeah, cool that's that's very
2: cool we got asked to uh be on some compilation some guy out of uh italy some <laughs> italian ska compilations
0: like hey man you got a song for me we're like sure <laughs> so yeah there you go italy who knew aside from you spring little jack obviously came back which i thought was crazy uh just like hepcats been playing a ton of shows again it's just a bunch of bands so it's very cool and I hope it continues. I hope you guys stick around to uh, do yeah, some we're more. we're
2: going to try, man. We'll see. Like, like I said, you, you just never know, but we're definitely going to try to uh, see, see how long we can uh, keep it going here, you know? Write some new stuff, and hopefully people give a shit, and we we'll see where it goes.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. It's really yeah, cool. Man, anything, anything you want to add before we go?
2: No, man. I'll just—I'll give you—I'll give you the show listings, right? So, uh, when, whens this going to air? When are you going to put it all together?
0: Uh, next week. I—I I, I so. would love to say tomorrow, but I no, don't think it's going to happen. So. For for your for your global listenership. Yeah. Uh, North America focus.
3: Saturday, May twelfth.
2: Uh, Pacific Standard Tavern in New Haven, Connecticut. We're playing with the Pilfers. That's that'll be. Um, just nine days from now, right? So hopefully you'll uh, that'll be the freshest show. Uh, so if you live in the tri-state area, come check us out with Pilfer's on Saturday the 12th in New Haven. We're at the Supernova Ska Fest, of course, uh, which is Saturday, May 26th and May 27th. Um, if you can go to that, you should go to that. Tim and April are putting on a hell of a show. We're honored to be there. It's a huge part of what's allowed us to sort of come back out um, to have a show like this uh, kind of on the docket right out of the gate was, was really cool they definitely want to support those guys uh, as best we can and then if you're out in, uh, near Wilkesbury Pennsylvania June 16th we're playing at the river street cafe with the toasters and a band called the drones I don't know if you're hip to those guys we're just we're just kind of rediscovering everything there I think they're from
0: they're from New York City um, oh yeah so, yeah yeah like, like the Spanish like, yes they're, they're fantastic like
2: saying it right those guys are
0: Cool, They're, man. They're amazing, really, really good. yeah. We're psyched to, play for, psyched to play with those guys. Uh,
2: July twenty first, we're at Radio Bean in Burlington, Vermont. All my fellow uh, Northern New Englanders, come out and support. And then July thirtieth, TA's Lounge, Somerville, Massachusetts, just outside Boston. That's what's on the docket, man. So come support us. We'll give you a foam sword and a high five,
0: and I'll try not to have a stroke on stage and die in front of everybody. Oh no! <laughs> Please not don't. Easy, man. Uh, Uh, Not easy. I'm not in good
2: shape as a human being, and there's a lot of words, and it's hot, and I'll do the best I can.
0: That's all we ask. uh... Yeah, everybody, check out Sergeant Scunetti. Thanks, man.
2: Alright,
0: thanks, Steve.